Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan, and today is episode 280, and we're going to take a look at what is called the Small Business Job Protection Act of 1996. But before we dive into this, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, we love you guys. We love to see you here. You guys are awesome. You you know as listeners and as viewers because we are on podcast and on YouTube as well. You guys are the cream of the crop. That's why we love you. You guys are so awesome. So let's see. Let me give a big shout out to you guys because sometimes I forget to do a shout out and I apologize. We've been filming several episodes sometimes in a row, and I forget to give a big shout out. So I apologize. I apologize. I I repent of that mistake. My goodness. So let's go ahead and give a big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California. I got to tell you, California, I am impressed. I really am impressed because you guys are listening in more than、um, southern states or the Bible Belt at times. I'm very impressed with that. California, sometimes you take my breath away, and in a good way, in a very good way. You know, so that's great. I love to see you guys. Reach out anytime. Oh, FYI. We do still have our our email inbox. You can email us anytime, and that email address is yourlaborlaws@gmail.com. And again, that's yourlaborlaws@gmail.com. Email us anytime. Questions, concerns, comments. Hopefully, no hate speech. <laughs> But if you want to be on the show, hey, even as a visitor, for sure, we would love to have you. So again, a big shout out to California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania,、uh, British Columbia. Florida, Illinois, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Ohio, Minnesota, Alabama, Washington, Nebraska, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the Swamp. Let's drain it. Let's see here. A big shout out to Mississippi, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Nevada. Maryland, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, Ontario, New Brunswick, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Manitoba, Hawaii, and I love this one, Newfoundland and Labrador. You know what's interesting, Canada? Your prime minister is such a dip cone. I could totally use a, a different word, but that Trudeau guy. I mean, what a disappointment! And I feel so sorry for you guys, unless of course you vote for him. But I mean. Well, even if you did vote for him, I feel sorry for you because you totally voted for the wrong person because he's he's kind of wimpy, whiny liberal, and and liberals, they're they're well, sometimes they can be wimpy, whiny, but to me he's just kind of fake. And I think that if you're going to believe in something, you should be legit. So I don't think Trudeau is legit. He's not like his dad, and that greatly disappoints me because I think that whatever you believe in, you should be true to it. And I don't think Trudeau, the that the son, is being true. To his beliefs or to Canada, so I find that to be very concerning, and I, I totally am seeing what's going on with Canada in terms of your excessive taxation, like a carbon tax and all this stuff. It's just insane. So we are definitely praying for you guys for sure, because we want nothing more than for you guys to get a better leader. But you have to vote for that. <laughs> so you have to care. You have to care about your country, and I have no doubt that if you're listening to this show. Wherever you live, you must care about your country because I mean I look at it this way. I know this is kind of off topic, but I think it's worth mentioning. When I was thinking about my listeners, and I could see the the data analytics report 
of where all everybody is from in terms of country and if it lists your state, but it doesn't tell me a city or a region. It just mostly the countries and the states and, and things of that nature, and maybe a few territories and things like that. But I just thought, you know, what are the odds of this show being heard all over the world? And you know, I don't advertise this show. Like I don't pay to advertise it. I actually just ask God to help this show reach the entire planet. That was my goal. because this show is to help people recognize that they are made in the image of almighty god and that is the god of abraham and that you have every right to have access to liberty and freedom because that is given to us from god it doesn't matter where you live like i don't care what country you live in i don't care what you're going through or what you've been through you have liberty and freedom that is given to you from god and so usually Whenever people do not have liberty and freedom, it's because of their government. And sadly, that is what is happening in so many countries. So I just think it's interesting that you know, I haven't done any advertising for this show, none. And I always find it interesting whenever someone from from another country, like far far away from the United States and far far away from me because I'm currently stationed in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, I'm just thinking, you know, what are the odds of a woman a young woman in Oklahoma being heard in Egypt or Saudi Arabia or Yemen or uh the Russian Federation I mean just where are the odds of that I think that is so amazing because that tells me that people are googling and they're looking up something to do with life liberty and the pursuit of happiness because just think about the title of this uh, of this show it's called the endurance of labor laws meaning don't give up don't give up it's not as bad as what you think it is in this world so i just think it's amazing that that people have found my show and what's even more interesting to me is that my show is becoming more and more popular overseas than here in the united states and i'm going to mention this as well you know i i had reached out to a couple of different vendors that i have i've actually purchased their products before like on amazon and things like that i said hey You know, I'm actually a consumer of your product. I'm a client of yours. You know, would you like to be a vendor on my show? And many of them are like, "No, we don't see that you have the numbers." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know what report you're looking at, but my show is heard all over the world and it's growing. And it's growing exponentially. So, I don't know what numbers are being posted about my show, but what you're seeing is not correct. <laughs> so, if it's low, <laughs> if it, if it looks dismal, that is not correct at all and you know initially i was kind of irritated i was like thinking to myself why am i not getting credit for my show you know what i mean cuz i could see my listeners like i could see the numbers so i don't know why on i guess the the viewership side of things um i guess it doesn't look like it's a good productive show i'm like why don't you listen to it <laughs> you know why don't you give it a chance and realize that it's a really great show. I mean, if I didn't believe in this show, I would I would not have founded it. I would not have started it if I if I did not believe in my country and if I did not believe in life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, I would have never started this show. But because I've I have such a passion for those things. That's why or one of the biggest reasons why I founded and started this show all on my own. So if anything I am a a entrepreneur 
I am a basically a self-made woman in terms of like from the natural point of view like from looking at it from a human point of view but I know that I have God's help. Like I know I couldn't I could not have done this show and I would not be doing this show without my heavenly father, without his help. I mean, he helps me every step of the way. I mean, just the I mean, basically the fact I'm kind of stuttering and stammering because I'm looking at my map that I have uh, to my left. It's on my wall here, and I have thumbtacks all over it where my show has been heard and there are more thumbtacks over in let's see I'm looking over in eastern Europe uh, Europe excuse me eastern Europe and um I would say North Africa it is growing tremendously over there so for any vendors out there that think that this show isn't worth your time um that's I'll just say it that's your own stupidity that's your own stupidity because this show is being heard all over the world even in countries that I didn't even know I'm I'm ash- I'm not ashamed to say it, I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't know they existed in terms of their country name like I think in terms of my geography I know more about um linguistics like where languages came from like a, a lot of names that I know about the human race in terms of like where people live and where they're from I know like really old names like Greco-Roman times like what tribes and peoples were called and so I'm not really familiar with all the different countries overseas especially those that border Russia and China I'm just so many of them especially the ones that border Russia were part of the Soviet bloc and technically they still are because the Soviet bloc it never really disbanded unfortunately and that's why Putin is trying to take all those countries back But anyway Um this is very much an amazing show. I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of my work. And what's interesting is that whenever people ask me what I do, I mean what I do, excuse me. Um it it's really interesting whenever I tell them about my podcast. It's I mean their their eyes just kind of light up. And I'm like you should totally check it out. Let me know what you think. And One person, they said you should run for governor of Oklahoma. <laughs> She's like, "We need you. We need you to run for governor in Oklahoma." I was like, "Well, thank you." You know, at the time I had not thought about it, but every once in a while it does come to mind cuz I'm not a fan of our current governor. He is a Republican, but I I just uh, oh, goodness, I'm not a fan of uh, some of his policies, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, I don't know him personally. Um not at all. Um but some of the policies that him and the state legislature have enacted have really been horrible for Oklahomans and I'm just like, wow, you are not a true Republican if you're for any form of socialized medicine. You're just not. So that really bothers me. And then um there's another I got some more feedback from someone else just recently. They said, "Wow, you really love your country." And I said, "What?" Like I I had to do a double take. And she said, "I heard your show." and you really love your country. I said, "Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that." Like people usually don't give me feedback very often. <laughs> um because I kind of feel like sometimes whenever people hear the title of my show, The Endurance of Labor Laws, they automatically think, like I've said before, that I'm a crazy liberal nutbag because the the Democrats, unfortunately, especially the nutty ones, they have taken over the concept of labor laws and they've made it seem like 
They and the unions are the only ones that care about labor, and nothing could be further from the truth. My goodness, Republicans care so much about labor. They care so much about workers' rights. And here's the thing: there are bad apples in both camps, Republican and Democrat. I mean, you know, that's why I often say I miss my blue blood uh, Democrats. My my just plain Jane Democrats that are moderates. I miss you guys and I love you because your party has been taken over by some crazy liberal nutbags that are making everybody look bad. And so I think if you are a moderate Democrat, you, you need to take your party back because us Republicans, especially us capitalist ones, we miss you. We love you and we miss you and we know you're suffering in terms of not really having a party anymore. Um but anyway, I just wanted to talk about that for a moment. So again, if you're seeing lousy numbers for this show online, I I don't know what to tell you because that's not what we see on our end and we see where everybody is listening from. If it allows us, and I say that because sometimes we will see where where people are listening like maybe the country but it won't tell us you know like for example if you're in Australia for example i don't know if australia has states or what or territories i don't know a whole lot about australia i apologize for my ignorance but sometimes it will tell us hey people are people are listening in from australia but it won't tell us like a state or a region but then If it's um let me look at my demographics here. If it's the United States, it will tell us which state is listening in. It also tells us how many from our country are listening in. It also tells us which one of our territories is listening in and it tells us the number. Like we can see this. It lights up on our map on our report. Now, what I find to be very interesting is that Like for example, I can see the the different provinces. I think that's what you guys call them in Canada. I can see the different provinces listening in in Canada. But I am not uh privy to which areas of the Russian Federation are listening in. It just tells me how many are listening from Russia. And also it tells me what platform they're listening from, and there are a few exceptions to that. I'm noticing that the more my podcast and maybe this is just a coincidence I don't know. I'm noticing that the more my podcast is heard overseas especially in the Soviet bloc, the Russian Federation and China um and other countries over there in that area and also North Africa, I'm noticing that there is a spike in the unknown platforms because I can see all the different platforms that people are listening into and so I know that there's this category of unknown and the more my podcast is heard overseas in certain areas the the greater that number grows in the platform that cannot be identified so that's very interesting because I mean I can see when people are listening from Stitcher Chrome I'm just listing it off here Overcast um Safari Apple Podcast podcast addict castbox I've never heard of that one Alexa I didn't know that you could listen to podcasts from Alexa I thought Alexa was just that stupid box that you buy from Amazon that drives you nuts and that eavesdrops on your conversations and records it then there's Amazon Music I I thought that was pretty cool there's Podbean and then there's Audible then there's Google Podcast and then there's Chromecast and then there's my unknown so there's all these platforms that people overseas have access to but i guess the software 
um, that the company that I go through in terms of making the platforms available to be to be heard on for my for my podcast it's not always able to identify the actual platform from overseas i guess it's hidden i don't know i don't know if it has to do with a with a vpn i just don't know but you know just fyi there are so many things that it's so interesting that we are made aware of and other times we just don't know because so many things happen overseas that we are just not made aware of here in america much less oklahoma and i'm not trying to plead ignorance but sometimes we really are ignorant and that's that's not always our fault i mean i can do everything i can to ask okay who are these unknown platforms i mean unknown is unknown that's just how it is but but the numbers are there and there's just very interesting stats with that so i just wanted to mention that cuz you know i don't know how many of my listeners i don't know how many of you are podcasters yourself if you are that's great you have joined a wonderful club and a wonderful industry for sure and i pray that you you are very successful i i think It's wonderful that whenever you have an endeavor and you go for it. I think you need to go for it. You do, you do. Oh, I should I should say this as long as it's legal and moral. <laughs> I say that because I'm seeing more and more videos from TikTok and YouTube that some people just don't understand what is appropriate and what is not appropriate and then if they do, sometimes they just don't care. And I think that is a a tremendous flaw to the human race. um to not care about your behavior and the impression that you're giving people. You know what I mean? Cuz I think I think that it's better to do your best and to be your best. That's just my personal opinion. But anyway, um let me give a big shout out to the different countries that are listening in, at least the ones that we know of, right? So, big shout out to the United States, my homeland. A big shout out to Singapore, uh Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, Niger, Slovakia, South Africa. Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, Micronesia, the Philippines, Bangladesh, Hong Kong, China, Lithuania, Greece and Egypt. Good to see all of you. So, big old long list. You guys are awesome. We love to see you. So, again, big shout out to you. You guys are awesome. All right. So, let's go ahead and dive into this puppy here. And again, this is episode 280, and we're taking a brief look, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, a brief look at the Small Business Job Protection Act of 1996. So this was um enacted and um basically became federal law uh, August 20th 1996. So things were kind of a little funky in the 90s but not everything was bad. So that occurred in 1996 and it is a United States federal law so it's not negotiable. So it is federal law. Um it was sponsored by a gentleman that I'm not familiar with but then again when this came out I was probably in middle school. Um it was representative Bill Archer and he was a Republican from Texas and it was signed into law by President Bill Clinton. So I think that's a perfect example of where Republicans and Democrats can work together. And I think that's the best way to go because this country belongs to us, not just one um not just one political party. It's it doesn't belong to whoever screams the loudest. That's not how um a democracy works. That's not how a republic works. It's also not how capitalism works. So this is a very good country that we have. Um, it says here the state intent of the bill is quote to provide tax relief for small businesses, to protect jobs, to create opportunities, to increase the take-home pay of workers, to amend the Portal to Portal Act of 1947. I'm not familiar with that. We'll take a look at it. It's ring a bell, but I'm not sure why. I read a lot of stuff. 
Um, so it says to amend the Portal to Portal Act of 1947 relating to the payment of wages to employees who use em- employer-owned vehicles, and to amend the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. We definitely covered that to increase the minimum wage rate and to prevent job loss by providing flexibility to employers in complying with minimum wage and overtime requirements under the Act. So again, a minimum wage. Um, there are some things that are dictated by the federal government. Other things are mandated by the state, because not every state has the same minimum wage. So basically, we talked about this not long after I started my podcast. So if you want to learn about minimum wage, go back to one of the earlier episodes. But minimum wage, the federal government sets the minimum, and then each individual state decides if they want to go up from that. And by how much? Because no two states are exactly the same, and the reason why is the standard of living changes from where you live. So let's say, for example, um, you know you live in Oklahoma and you move to California. Your rent is probably going to go from nine hundred a month to probably about five thousand a month, and that is a low estimate. Maybe three thousand would be a better estimate, but from nine hundred to three thousand a month, yeah, that's inflation. Even without um, Democrats screwing things up in Washington, they have definitely messed things up in California and New York and some other places, and it really sucks.、Um, in terms of how this、um, law affects different things, it says that the act created a simplified 401k retirement plan to make it easier for small businesses to offer pension plans、uh, to their employees. I have not really seen that. Um, there are many small businesses that they, for some reason, don't like to offer benefits, and I think, I think they use the excuse that they don't have the money, and I don't believe that. I just don't believe that because I think that if you don't have the money, then how are you staying in business? You know what I mean? So I think that if you do have employees, regardless of the size of your company, you should provide or at least offer some form of benefit, because otherwise, the 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 employee I'm trying to be nice about this the the employee is not building up or accruing anything, except possibly debt, and so you know there needs to be、um, I was going to say some appreciation for the employee, because they are choosing to work for you and not a large conglomerate or something, that could definitely pay a way larger pension. You know what I mean? So be kind and considerate towards those. That actually work for you.、Um, I see this lack of 401k stuff with、uh, with small mom and pop shops. It's typically a problem because they have issues with nepotism. So it's like, well, if you get rid of the nepotism, maybe you would actually make way more profits, and then for sure you could afford to provide a 401k and these other benefits that are basically considered basic these days. So. I always find it interesting whenever an employer doesn't even provide health insurance that they, they don't provide.、Um, gosh, I mean, I don't really care about disability insurance per se, but、um, health insurance, dental, vision, like just basics. And if they don't even provide that, I mean, you know, you're definitely not going to get a 401k, which is pretty important. Like the older you get, the more important it is that you have a retirement plan. Because you know there is a point where you get so old. I'm not trying to be negative here, but some people,、um, when they get even just slightly old or really old, they can't work anymore. 
And the general consensus is, I think the age of retirement is either 65 or 67 in the United States. I forget if they've raised it. Um, but basically, that's an indicator. You know, let's just say it's 65. Basically, from the moment you turn 18 till you turn 65, you should have a 401k. But how many young people do you know that are offered a 401k? Employers don't always have a very positive opinion of young people, and I know from personal experience. And it's just like, okay, if I can start at age 18, you know, by by growing a 401k and investments, you know, by the time I'm 40, I will be way better off. Like why wait till you're 40 when you can start when you're younger? Like that's wiser. But you'd be surprised how many people um especially managers and bible belt states sometimes are guilty of this they don't have a very positive opinion of younger people or of women or single women so they they have a very disturbing um i would say view of certain segments of the population and they think that only married older people should have 401k's and only married older people should have access to great health care and pension plans that's not how benefits work. It's not based on your sex, it's not based on your age. So just FYI, be aware of that and there is sometimes there is tremendous discrimination in those areas. I think it's it's gotten better over the years where that doesn't happen as much, but um I remember in my 20s, it was like pulling teeth to get employers that are in their 40s, 50s and 60s to actually care about you. And that made me so mad. It angered me. I mean there are times I'd be like how would you like it if someone treated you like that? And and their excuse was, "Well, I'm married." I'm like, "So, when you were born, you were married?" Like at some point you were single is my point. And, you know, marital status does not determine whether or not you have value. But there's so many people in these very churchy areas of the United States. They're they're very um religious in certain areas of their life although you'd be surprised how many Christians have addictions to porn so it's kind of like okay are you really that churchy you know what i mean are you really that spiritual are you really that holy are you really that religious you know i just kind of have to call it like a seed on this but to me it just got so old when the same demographic was constantly discriminated against me because of my age and my sex and this occurred from both men and women if they were older or if they were married they didn't think i deserved to make hardly any money they didn't think i deserved access or that i should get access to healthcare even though i'm willing to pay for it they didn't think i just that that i should have any access to any benefits and if something happens to you and it's bad oh well you're screwed no you actually try and deter these things from happening And so you you I I have always looked at things as investing in yourself. It was very rare for me to meet people that actually thought I should invest in myself, invest in my future, care about my health, care about my job, care about my money, care about my health insurance, care about my 401k. Care about my prescriptions. You know, whatever the case may be, it was like pulling teeth. to get certain demographics of this country to give a rat's posterior about other people. It was very frustrating. 
and it just really it bothered me but it didn't make me go democrat because I'm like you know what the solution is not big government the solution is the american people it's liberty it's freedom it's democracy it's capitalism because the problem with these certain people I was mentioning from certain demographics of our society um they very much would act like the federal government and that they acted like they were in charge of your life even though you are an adult they they just kind of practice a nanny state syndrome with other people oh but they don't like being told what to do so they're hypocrites so this is why yes these things are frustrating and you see certain demographics of society that tend to uh push the envelope in terms of inappropriate behavior um at employment <laughs> in the office in these companies um but the answer is not <clears throat> excuse me the answer is not more government the answer is more appropriate behavior from everybody that's how it used to be but the more we rely on government more and more and more guess what the more violations there are to the law and the government says oh look you need me you you need me give me more of your money no we can handle our own out here you know what's interesting is that the federal government my personal opinion they practice way more discrimination than the private sector so why would you want to put more power and control into the very entity that is causing some of these problems that's my point with that but moving on um it talks a little bit about adoption and how um this act affects that so it said a non-refundable tax credit of up to $5000 per child for adoption expenses and $6000 for children with special needs was established um entitled i guess it's quote removal of barriers to interethnic adoption um it says it's the portion is known as the interethnic placement act or IEPA its amendment strengthened and clarified the multiethnic placement act of 1994 which i'm not familiar with but sounds kind of racist anyway um you'd be surprised how racist our government is so very interesting there it says the IEPA eliminated some unclear language in the MEPA about cultural considerations in the foster care and adoption processes IEPA's primary purpose was to eliminate racial discrimination during federally funded foster care and adoption placements so that children will not be delayed or denied placement based on their race, color or national origin. The protection against discrimination also extends to foster and adoptive parents. IEPA established financial penalties for states that do not comply with these provisions. IEPA also reiterated MEPA's requirement that agencies need to recruit more racially diverse foster and adoptive parents to reflect the diverse children in need of placements. Well, that's racist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> See, that's government's answer to racism. Just be more racist. But just make it more institutionalized. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that's funny. Oh man. So, yeah, the federal government, they obviously did not put their thinking cap on. 
Oh, goodness. Um, anyway, so in terms of moving on with this, it says the maximum amount claimed for capital expenses allowed by small businesses was increased by $7,000. The full amount was phased in over time. Now, nothing wrong with that. Um, then there is an education tax incentive. So small businesses were allowed to exclude as much as $5,250 from an employee's taxable, or taxable income for educational assistance provided by the employer until May 1997. Then we have a, a small section about minimum wage. It says the act increased minimum wage in two steps. Now, this goes back. This is low. From $4.25 per hour to $4.75 per hour, effective October 1st, 1996, then to $5.15 on September 1st, 1997. So it's, it's gone up since then, so for sure. Then you have a research tax credit. So it says the research tax credit had expired on July 1st, 1995. It extended the credit through May 1997, but, uh, but was not retroactive. So what that means is, is that... It took effect once it was extended, but it did not go back and fix anything is basically what that means, or collect taxes off of that. The work opportunity tax credit, so the targeted jobs tax credit was replaced with the work opportunity tax credit, so we will talk about those two. Then we have, it's called FACETS, it's F-A-S-I-T-S. So Section 1621 created the financial asset Securitization Investment Trust, which is FACET, a type of special purpose entity used for securitization of any debt and issuance of net-backed securities. In the Enron scandal, Enron used FACETs to avoid subpart F rules on foreign income, and because of their inherent abuse potential, Uh, were repealed under Section 835 of the American Jobs Creation Act of 2004, and we will take a look at that one later. Then you have a small section about the S-Corp and shareholders. So that's S-Corporation shareholders. So it says Section 1301-1317 dealt specifically with rules governing S-Corporations. I think that's important because I think there are a lot of shenanigans in regards to S-Corps, and I don't agree with that at all. I think we should honor and uphold our tax code, as confusing as some of it is, which is why we need to simplify it. But it says here, effective January 1st, 1998, Section 1316 of the Act permitted certain tax-exempt organizations to be shareholders in an S-corporation. So some things I agree with, some things I do not. I'm not a fan of tax-exempt organizations because I think there's too many. I think they abuse the system. And I think that um, I think there's just a lot of people that don't want to pay taxes. And I just find that it gets really old. Because I think if you are um, working for a company, you should pay taxes And if you own a company, you should pay taxes. Um, I also don't agree with um, veterans getting tax exempt. I don't agree with that. Just because you served in the military, that doesn't mean that you should never pay sales tax. So here you have all these people that are claiming tax exempt, and they're just using it as an opportunity to not pay their fair share. And as you know, I typically do not say that word, fair share, technically two words. But here's the thing. It's not right to be granting all these tax-exempt statuses. It's just not right. It's cheating our system. 
And when something cheats our system, it cheats the people of America. And that's where I get really irritated at that stuff because if you're cheating the system, then you are practicing inequality. And technically that is a a federal um a federal violation. But here's the thing. It's like I've said in times past, often the federal government writes laws so that it can violate federal law, but regular people like you and me, oh, we better not violate federal law, not that we want to. Typically when people violate the law, whether it is state or federal or even international law, most people don't even realize they've broken the law because they literally did not know and most of the time they did not know because the law sometimes just like our tax code is so complicated that it doesn't make sense and that the average person the average citizen I'm not talking about a hick or an idiot I'm just saying like average people average intelligence average education okay most people don't have a clue what's going on with our government and most people do not have a clue what's going on with our laws and our legislation and we need to be aware of it but what is really sad is that whenever people try and be aware of stuff like this it feels like wow i've got to go to law school to understand all this this is insane our laws used to not be so complex but here's the thing the more complex our laws are the easier it is for law or for law enforcement and agencies federal agencies and state agencies it's easier for them to go after people and shake them down for money and their property and or throw people in jail and i don't agree with that i don't think the purpose of laws is to just put people in jail that's not the purpose of law the purpose of laws rules laws and regulations is to protect the public from bad people that is number 1 it's to protect the innocent and and it is to provide lawfulness in our society not lawlessness see the the common thinking of government especially the bigger your government gets the more it tends to think oh we should have more laws so that way we can catch more people no that's not what laws are for if you pass rules laws and regulations that protect the citizens and protect the consumer by natural cause and effect you will already hunt down bad people and you will hold them accountable but if you're writing laws to set people up for failure that's a big problem that's why sometimes rules laws and regulations are repealed or amended because they hopefully realize the errors of their way especially in regards to congress So this is I would say that this is one of the reasons why we go over these different things is so you know like I say in every podcast especially in the text knowledge is power because you know I look at it this way how many times have you been in a situation or a conversation and the person that you're having to deal with or the person that you're talking to it's obvious they know way more than you and you just feel so inept I know what that feels like and it sucks. But here's the thing, you know, everybody's ignorant on something. But what sucks is when people that have more knowledge than you when they use that knowledge against you and they are the government, that is a violation of your liberty and your freedom. 
big time. This is why it's so important to be educated, even just on a basic level. And again, we're just looking at these things from a basic level. Like I'm not um, expecting people to write essays on this or something. Although I think that would be fun. I, I love writing. That's one of my passions, but um, one of my interests and my hobbies. But you know, I think a good basic education is a great stepping stone in anybody's life. And right now, and I'll close with this. Our public school system totally sucks at educating kids. Like I saw a video recently, um, I think it was Matt Walsh. Um, he can be a hoot. He is so funny. Like I love, I love the way his brain thinks. It's so funny. Like the way he talks about this stuff. But he is so spot on about so many things. Every once in a while, I will disagree with him on something, but it's rare. Um, but he had a video about a teacher. I think. Um, A school teacher that works at a public school. I think he works with eighth graders, and he works in Georgia. This teacher, and he made a, a TikTok video about how most of his kids are are barely at a fourth grade reading level, but yet they're in the seventh or eighth grade. And he said the biggest problem is that these kids are not being taught. And he was shocked at the these kids like they're. Basically, their lack of education, and that these kids, instead of being held back until they actually learn something, the school system just passes them on to the next grade. So think about it. if someone is in the eighth grade, but their reading level and reading comprehension skills are that of a fourth grader. That means that child, which is now a teeny bopper in the eighth grade, they are four years behind in schooling. And this teacher was just shocked by this. And you know, what's interesting is that I was wondering when teachers were going to start speaking up about this because usually the only time we hear teachers talk about stuff is when they're like, "Oh, we want more money, support our union," and it's like, "Educate our kids." You know, it's just so frustrating because you you have, I would say, most of school teachers are are good people. I've met some bad ones over the years, especially when I was in public school, and I was like, "Man, why are they teaching kids?" Because they do not like the human race. But you know, the problem is the Department of Education. It has made our kids and our citizens dumber and dumber and dumber, probably ever since the 1970s or 60s. I mean, it's just real shocking the lack of education that people have. Like, it's one thing to not know where, for example, Uzbekistan is. Like, I didn't know where that country was. I had never heard of it until I saw it on my podcast. Like, people were listening in, and then I actually met some people from Uzbekistan. So, it's one thing to be ignorant of like countries that we have never heard of. And that we don't really do business with. It's one thing if you don't know why、um, we celebrate the Fourth of July, or or you don't understand Columbus Day, or or you don't understand that sex ed should not be taught to grade schoolers. But our public school system, I mean, it's been hijacked by some crazy liberal nutbags, and this goes back a long way. So anyway. Big shout out to Matt Walsh.、Uh, love your show, especially your、um, the ones where you do like the what's it called the TikTok videos, and you you basically critique these idiots that are on TikTok. <laughs> It's a hoot. So, folks, if you have not seen 
or heard of Matt Walsh, you need to look up his YouTube channel. It's a who. Oh, and then some of his listeners were funny. Um I love reading the comments. They they crack me up as well. It just seems like a really good community and I'm really impressed with it. So, you know, definitely God bless you Matt Walsh. Love your work. Keep it up. I I'm amazed at what all you have had to fight. I'm just amazed at some of the things that that you have had to stand up for, speak out about and just the the wrath that you have had to deal with from the liberal left. I mean, it just kind of feels like To me it looks like what I call the wrath of con part 2 is what I call it. It's just insane. But God bless you guys. I mean definitely your your show is a hoot. I get a kick out of it. It's always fun. But anyway, um I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual until next time, I pray that you guys are happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye. Still